welcome to Up Close and Virtual with me, Katie Tew. In each episode, I'll be joined by a guest where we'll be chatting about our experience of starting and running a business, the lessons that we've learned along the way. We'll be sharing our top tips and, of course, best practice. Expect to be entertained, enlightened and empowered. Happy listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Up Close and Virtual. This afternoon, I am joined by the wonderful Catherine Landale. Catherine runs a very successful recruitment practice called Bold New World. And Catherine and I have been working together on a slightly different separate entity to Bold New World with her reskilling course, which is designed specifically for people who are returning to the workplace, perhaps have had a career break and want to brush up on some of their skills. So I've had the privilege of getting to know Catherine on a more in-depth basis over the last couple of years. We've run a couple of our reskilling courses and I'm now going to hand you over to Catherine so that she can tell us a bit about what her story is and how she got to where she is now. Catherine, welcome and thank you. Thank you, Katie. It's a complete pleasure. You're so um, proactive in always organising these sort of things and promoting your friends. It's it's just wonderful. So thank you. So how did I get here? Well... Um, I left school with my A-levels in my bag, but not something I'll ever mention again. They weren't fantastic. (laughs) And I drove out of school and I drove to London and I started working. Um, I didn't go to university. I didn't even try and make it okay. I just knew I wanted to go to work. So I picked up jobs uh, wherever you did. I mean, this is goodness knows um, how many years ago but it it, it was quite some time ago where you you know there was no mobile phone there was no internet you literally rang up Angela Mortimer and got whatever they offered you and you ran at eight o'clock in the morning to whatever job it was sometimes it was a health centre in Vauxhall sometimes sometimes you were sitting on the strand who knew Mm -hmm. anyway I knew that if I didn't go to work I couldn't pay my rent yeah I didn't, um, you know, have any personal money and that I had fantastic parents, but, you know, you go to work. It's down to you now. Yeah, of course. And that's quite right. So after doing various jobs and and having travelled a bit and being master of my own destiny, but with, you know, fairly directionless, I landed up in the city and I worked for Salomon Brothers, which was then the... um, the bank that nobody really respected very much, but my goodness, it was fun. And I worked with a team of 20 girls, ultimately. We, it then rolled up into Citigroup. And we organised investor relations events and um, client sort of liaison which um, for, for, for the whole of Europe. Yeah. And it was amazing. But I think there I understood how hard women work. Mm. We were all women. How strong a collaborative band of them can be and how effective we are. And you also had to think on your feet. We worked so hard. We worked weekends. We worked throughout the night. We really um, put in the hours. When we were on an investor tour and we were travelling, you know, sometimes we didn't literally draw breath for 10 days. Yeah, yeah. Hard work, 
equals reward. Yes. Yeah. And actually quite a lot of fun when you're traveling like that in, in I suspect, the 80s, late 80s, Italy. early 90s. And things would go wrong that you yeah. were least expecting. And the only person to sort them out was you. And so yeah. you learned that you just got on and did it. And stuff's going to go wrong. It yeah. really is. Yeah, um, How long were you with Salomon Brothers for? I was there for seven years and then I uh, moved to BMP Paribas where okay. I set up a team um, and it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it was a bit of a cheat, actually, because I rolled out at BMP Paribas what I'd learned at Salomon. They thought I was marvellous, but yeah. actually I wasn't. <laughs> I just I just copied the same formula. <laughs> it's, yeah, the old, aid old adage, if it isn't broken, don't yeah, it. just copy it. <laughs> <laughs> so that was it was it was such good fun and again I had a really collaborative great team of girls and we got stuff done yeah um with a smile but it was you know the city everyone gives it such a bad state it was fun and was. you know people weren't behaving in the manner that people make them out to be anyway it was great unfortunately I felt I had to give it up when I was pregnant with my first child and I remember my tummy being so big and I was trying to put a projector on an airplane and nobody would help me. And I thought, something's got to give. And in those days, it was, um, it, it, you couldn't do a job like mine flexibly. You couldn't yeah. do it part-time. If you're the boss, you get in there first and you leave last. Yeah, absolutely. So with that old-fashioned work ethic, I moved to Gloucestershire yeah. and uh, set about, um, you know, setting a family in. And then I set up very small companies. I okay. sold lamps and shades, mm-hmm. uh, which I knew nothing about, but my mother did. <laughs> so I copied what she told me. Yeah. Sold them all, make, made a bit of pocket money, and mm-hmm. then would do various other jobs, you know, part-time or temporary jobs, just to keep yeah. my interest going. Yeah. But I'm, you know, like you, Katie, we're interested in everything. Everything. Absolutely. You know, and we're glass half full. Yeah, and quite absolutely. Frankly. And I think, I always think it's quite nice to be able to have that variety under your belt because every situation is totally different. Every business is totally different and runs in their own unique way. So the more experience and exposure any of us can get, regardless of what level it at, it's at, will always come in handy and be valuable in future life, you'll we always revert back to whatever experience that we've had to to change the circumstances of the next experience. I think you're right, and I think you, in particular, having said that, I think you're very emotionally intelligent, and I think that is one of the um, upsides of being master of lots of trades. <laughs> I do. I always think you have to get into, almost get into this, the, your your client's head when you're working in yeah. a, as being a virtual assistant. You really have to be able to not just get into their head, but you need to really get into their shoes, p- picture what their life is like to yeah. really understand how you can support them. Um, and I think over the years, I've really, I've, I've learned the value in that. Um, and it's 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 held me in really good stead. Um, but I like people. So I guess, you know, I don't, I don't have any problem with doing that at all. Been just going back, how many children do you have and how long did you have that career? I don't want to say break because it's not actually what it is. You're just doing a job under a very different guise. Exactly. Well, you couldn't have said it better, actually. Um, I have two children, yeah. and um, which I think is an enormous amount. Um, 
I mean, me. I, one's enough for me. Oh, well, I think they fill the space they've got, don't you think? I mean, I couldn't do any more. <laughs> <laughs> I love them dearly and they're brilliant. Yeah. But they do, you know, I think for people like um, you and I who've always worked, yeah. um, you know, and, may, and me certainly not going to university, mm-hmm. I couldn't get my head around the fact that actually an achievement for you as a mother of a newborn baby was just treading water. I mean, just... I just couldn't get my head around the fact nothing was progressing. Um, I also think it's that thing, isn't it? It's the first time in your life that you are totally responsible for something that is life or death reliant on you. And it's quite a scary place to be as a I mean, our organisation skills, I think I learned my organisation skills by having my baby. I mean, of course I was organised before, but when I had Serena, I was suddenly a whole layer more organised. I didn't subscribe to the Gina Fords of this world, but I blinking was on it and organised and things were going to happen when and if I could get them in and done. So you set up Bold New World when? I set up Bold New World uh, about three and a half, four years ago. And I'd been thinking about it for a very long time. Um, A great friend of mine ran a travel company. It's excellent. It's called Red Savannah, based in Cheltenham. Yes, I've heard of and know of. Yep. And it's really supersonic. And George Morgan Grenville, who runs it, rang me one day and said, I want you to be a guerrilla marketer for um, Red Savannah, which was... Not the most yeah, charming was, title I've ever been. At the moment, I'm feeling I'm out of my comfort zone now. Yeah, well, I thought I could be anyone you want, darling. If you give me a job, literally, I will do anything. <laughs> anyway, he said, write, write your own brief. I want you to market my company and what we do. But I don't want to, I, you know, that he, he was quite fledgling. This was about, gosh, eight years ago. Mm. And he said, we, we can't afford, you know, big advertising campaigns. We want you to go and find opportunities. And I just got lucky. I walked out of that meeting and Brexit happened. And the yeah. ev- confidence in everything collapsed. Yeah. And I was picking up cheap advertising um, opportunities. Gatcom, for example, someone had just pulled out because of Brexit. And we picked up some sponsorship really cheaply and and so I really I've never marketed anything in my life (laughs) you know how difficult can it be anyway George was brilliant he was absolutely brilliant because I would go to meetings not knowing what some words because because I'd been out of an office for so long um you know I remember my first meeting and the marketing lady who's just the most wonderful wonderful woman and a great friend Sarah Lee Shenton said to me she started talking about collateral (laughs) <laughs> oh, what's that I don't know she says I've got to have some for these events it's that I mean so how hard can it be I wrote it down went home looked it up oh my god it's promotional material but you know things <laughs> why like didn't that, you just say that <laughs> I know but you know I mean we used to call all the promo stuff when we were in the city red herrings yeah you know, really wrong foot people anyway that's it's just you know you're always going to be tripped up on something but you know don't be tripped up write it down fake it till you make it and quite frankly how hard is it anyway we had a great time we I, I, I really enjoyed working for George but it made me think all along the way if there were more employers like him employing people like me yeah. you know who are dare I say overqualified to be a, a guerrilla marketer yeah um but who just want to do a great job, go home without any worry. Yeah. And, you know, let's set up something that, that you know, can respond Build to that. that. 
absolutely. So, so that's when I set bold, it up. Bold New World, really. It, I mean, it is a recruitment business, and you yes. are very much in the sort of support staff arena, aren't you? Yes, um, absolutely. And you work for clients across the UK recruiting, or are you very sort of geographically based? What What are your sort of? Clients? No, I work across the UK. My only uh, only criteria, uh, but well, I have a few criteria actually. It's small companies I work for um, because I find placing people in small companies much um, easier is the wrong word, but. I find putting returners who I who I like placing a lot into a small company is better for them, but also they they have a great many skills and can sort of um, roll into various roles of a small company and fill gaps where needed. Um, and I find they're really effective in small companies. So I'll only work for small companies. I will only work for people I trust. Mm-hmm. Um, I go into offices. I meet all the staff and obviously the the the, the people that are running the, the show. Um, we do masses and masses of of due diligence beforehand. Um, a couple of the people I'm I have for I'm on their boards, which also gives me great insight into the company. Yeah. Because you know it's you're you're dealing with somebody you know if you if I am placing a returner, um, you you really have got a responsibility to get it right for them because they're, they're nervous, yeah. um, they're returning to work, they're t- terrified about what they wear, what they say, what they're not going to know tech wise, mm-hmm. and of course they know more than they're letting on. Yeah. They they will have great confidence, but it's just getting them over that little hurdle because yeah. you know. To you and I, it might feel like a little hurdle, but yeah. for that individual who's returning, yep. potentially to their first role after having a break of whatever description, it's actually a big hurdle and it is daunting and it's scary and they feel like they haven't got the confidence to do it. Mm-hmm. So I think coming back to the fact that you get so entrenched in the organisation gives you the opportunity to not only reassure the candidate but also give them the warts and all of the organization so they're actually they're they're, they're armed in advance yes that's so, it's so important you're absolutely right because there are everyone's got warts every company's yeah. warts yeah. yeah and some warts you can cope with and some you can't mm-hmm. um it's it's very important to honor that but I do say to um, all candidates, and it's a bit of advice I'd give everybody, when you're looking for a job, Mm. everything is an interview. And therefore, if you can practice, even when you're, you know, sitting in a bus queue and someone says, well, you know, where do you work? Mm. Practice being that corporate bod, not corporate, but that person who's gone back to work. That is brilliant advice. That is brilliant advice. And, yeah. and it's almost like, can you stand in the mirror yes. and at yourself and sell yourself? So I know, I mean, I've, I've you, you know this better mm. than anybody else because you've been on the receiving end of it, but I've done a business plan session with you. And one of the things I always say is you need to be able to write an elevator pitch for you or your business. But equally, what you need to be able to do is you need to be able to present that to a room or a 
another individual eyeball to eyeball, but you can't do it unless you have stood in the mirror and repeatedly said it over and over and over again, because you know it. You're confident in the delivery because you understand the information that you're actually trying to say and you know it off pat. That That is the, I think the best piece of advice for anybody who's doing that, returning to work or selling themselves, promoting their business, get in front of the mirror and practice it until you just are sleeping it. That's so true. Mm. And remember that when you're ringing up someone like you or me, you're also being interviewed. Yes. At times I've said to candidates, please don't say that. Yes. <laughs> you can't say that. Or it, it, it doesn't, it, what, what, I don't mind what they say, but don't say you're bad at things because you're not. And don't say you don't like doing things because let's keep that quiet. Um, uh, And don't do yourself down. Um, You know, anything else, you know, if you... Yeah, it's free for all, isn't it? Yes, exactly. Everything else fine. But But do not do do yourself down. Don't apologise. Don't (laughs) apologise. And I always just say to people, stop that. We're not, we're, we're now we're going to reset it. But the thing is, it do, if you say it to me, it does come out in an interview. I had someone go for an interview the other day and the, she got the job because she is brilliant. And because, you know, to be honest, I'm sitting there saying to the employer, no, this person really is fantastic. They may have apologised 27 times when they sat down. <laughs> and we'd really practice not apologising. But anyway, it's still they go in and, and candidates apologise or say, um, well, I haven't been working. Um, and of course they've been working. You know, they haven't been lying in bed for the last no, six years. They have not. <laughs> no, and it's our default stance. I think as women, we are, we are so guilty of constantly defaulting to the I'm sorry. And and we really need to credit ourselves with more than that because we're not sorry and we shouldn't be sorry. You know, we've been adding value in in other worlds. Going back to to the bold new world and getting it up and running, how did you find the process of starting a business? Was that a challenge? It was a challenge. And uh, it was a real challenge because you spend um, so long, I don't know whether you've found this too, perfecting your offering. Yeah. yeah. And you, you sit there and you think, right, this is perfect, this is perfect, this is I'm going to start. Sorry, I'm just going to cough. <coughs> <coughs> and you, thank you. You put your, your it's like laying out a croquet pitch. Yeah. You can either lay out, lay out the first hoop and everything goes wrongy, or you can put the stake in the middle and then grow from there. Yeah. And someone said to me, you've just got to start, you've got to do something, do something. Yeah but it'll probably be the wrong thing. And I thought, oh God. And that's why people don't start because they're fearful of doing the wrong thing. You've just got to start. You've got to start. And I found that terrifying because I knew I'd be changing it. And of course, starting is expensive and it takes a lot of emotional energy and it takes a lot of courage. And when the first person asks you what you do, you want to crawl under a table because (laughs) you think they're going to analyse it or ask you a question subsequently and you're not going to know the answer. Yes, Um, yeah. Because I started off with listing jobs. I was just going to list it and people were going to go onto my site, list it and pay me some money. And they were going to do all the work and I was going to get all the fees. Yeah. Really didn't work. And came under close scrutiny from a great friend of yours and mine, Katie. Who said, I really Yes, who on this occasion (laughs) remain nameless, but she will be guesting soon. She will. And she was right. She was right. She always annoyingly is right. (laughs) 
<laughs> but where not... did you, your your sort of starting point for kind of tipping yourself over the edge to get started was making a decision that it was going to be a sort of advertising revenue recruitment business. Yep. With I thought it was going board. to be a list, a, a job board, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. That um that didn't work. Yeah. And I remember being with pen and paper and sticking yeah. bits of sheets together and saying this is how it's going to work and it's going to be so snazzy and then spending a lot of time and a lot of money on a website that did yeah. exactly that and then people would just ring me up and say I'm looking for this and I'd I came to realize very quickly that actually a, a sort of really bespoke um uh recruitment service was what was needed but one that you know the candidates and the employers uh, I know really really well I do loads of practice with candidates um we go through their cd we do inter- interview practice ad infinitum yeah. um and so everybody knows each other and and that works much better so and start do, it may change yeah no and and, and I think successful businesses are the ones that can identify where they need to change and change quickly. You know, I think we've seen that through the last two years of COVID. You know, the businesses that have really gone on to thrive and survive are those that have been able to change their direction to really maximise the, the the situation from a business perspective. And I think you've done it, that you're a perfect example of doing that. You know, you identify something, doesn't it's not working, your clients are asking you to do something else. So then you you update and, and provide a solution that, that meets all of that. When you think about your business, what what's the thing that keeps you awake at night? Okay, this is, um, I'm so glad you asked this because it's really fundamental to my business. And this is, it sends shivers down my spine. Mm. My tendency, because I really like my clients and I know they're going to give someone a good time, is to get over enthusiastic about a job when yeah. it comes in. Yes. And then I can, I know I have, oversold it to a candidate by saying, this is great and I can see the potential. Because of course it's brilliant giving an overview, umbrella um, advice to anybody. But, um, and so I lay awake at night and I had this situation the other day and I thought I've oversold this job to this, this candidate and they're going to walk in on day one and they're going to think, oh no, oh no. Um, and that is, I'm, I know that's my greatest fault is overselling, getting too enthusiastic. Yes, and it's so easy to do because, mm-hmm. you know, we all, A, get that excitement of, Brilliant. I'm engaged. I've got a new client. I've got to deliver. I've got to deliver. I've got to deliver. So it's that sort of psychology of pleasing the client and pleasing the candidate and getting the success of the candidate starting. And it is so easy to do. But what do you do? to prevent yourself from doing that do you, do you I, I do warts and all I will yeah. say to a candidate now look I know for instance that they like whatever it is walking you know I do something factual so I will say and I will over negativize um it yeah. a job where for a fantastic company now if you were going to be a bit of a naughty recruiter you would say oh there's endless job potential there wasn't and there wasn't going to be an uplift in salary. I just, there just wasn't. Mm. And I always hire for now, um, not for what bonus package could be coming next year. You've got to, you've got to take comp as it is presented. Mm. So I said, you're not going to get a promotion and you're not going to get any more salary. 
unless something miraculous happens, but I can't see that. You must take the job as it is. And if you like it, that's great. But don't take it thinking you're going to be promoted. Yes, and that you're going to be managing director in the next two years because that's not the case. I'm always interested in in the sort of journeys that people go on. Journey is such a horrible word, but for want of a better word, you you've had a career in the city, you've brought up your babies, you've come a really long way since your city days. What do you credit that achievement to? Um oh good question. Um when I'm doing graduate um training, when yeah are asked a question I always say to them that they don't know the answer to they always I always say to them say good question because that buys you a bit of time (laughs) I um maybe just I'm a fidget I have Mm. to I have to get things done I like working with other women I like being involved um you know I I like having for me it's you know it's self-worth but I think for a lot of people it's different or if you don't work or if you volunteer or whatever it is, it's just self-worth, really. Um, I think that's really important. You know, that level of self-worth is so important and it's what's really going to get us out of bed in the morning. But I think the other thing that I would completely agree with is that supporting environment those people who support Mm. around you now one of the things we haven't discussed and needless to say Bean is quite right she is not necessarily a fidget but she's always busy and she has set up her own networking environment um, and networking group which I am incredibly privileged to be part of and love dearly that the other members of the networking group I am a poor contributor and be you'll say differently I know I am going to Um, say differently because that is wrong (laughs) (laughs) but that that networking environment I think without exception we would all say has been invaluable to every single one of us so uh, let's talk about networking because let's face it neither of us would have businesses which are where they are today without us using our network and networking what what do you think makes a good networking environment and and what should we all be looking for if we are going to be joining a networking group or wanting to network well, just I will answer that, but I just want to row back because actually, Katie, you deserve huge thanks because you contribute more than anybody else to the group. <laughs> no, you really have. You, you two people I know have not are not in the successful place they are without you having spent a lot of time and trouble with them on various aspects of their business that they just had to they had to sort out. So you, you know, you are invaluable in it. And, very um, sweet. No, well, they were. Um, I think the collaboration is it's honesty and trust. If you have someone in the group who is a bit um, who who can't um, who everything's fine the whole time or um, doesn't ask for help, and I know that sounds a bit weird, but it's the people that ask for help or want to run something by the group. That's how everybody else feels. To, more knitted in and then they feel able to say actually I've had a shocking month and I don't know what to do yeah. and then the next person says it it's almost like 
it's almost what I feel AA must be like, you know. <laughs> Funnily enough, I was using that adage. I, yeah. You need to feel that you are in an environment where you you are not only trusted, yeah, but you trust the group of people who are in that networking environment with you because it can be very valuable. But if you can't share your challenges and your pains and trust that you will get honest and valuable input from the people within that group with you, then you you shouldn't be in that group. I think I think you need to be able to try before you buy, if you see what I mean with networking. I mean, there are loads of them out there. I mean, loads. But some of them are pretty shambolic and Mm. uncomfortable and not conducive to all of us but I think anybody needs everybody needs to network but I think you need to find the right environment and I'm I I will be honest enough to say that the only networking group that I am an active participant which is not as active as it should be is Catherine's women in business group and I really appreciate and value every single member of that team that that networking group every single person I think has huge amounts of value and brings their own dynamic and it just works brilliantly but I think networking is important I do too maybe it's maybe it's talking about it because you know you run your business I run my business. It can be very solitary. Yes. You can sort of echo chamber, but the once a month when we have our Zoom and everybody gets their moment to talk, uh, and sometimes people don't want to talk. Um, but, you know, you can say, actually, I've got a little bit of a d- dilemma. I don't quite know how to approach this. Yeah. And everybody will say, because they know you so well, they'll say, well, I don't think that sits well with you. So why don't you do X? Um, But you're right, it is incredibly collaborative. And everybody always leaves feeling better and feeling as if their business is worth it. Sometimes focusing on just one person's business for a bit, um, you know, it's good. But but I would I would underline it. It's it's a great idea. Really good. And I think one of the things that that really is becoming more and more popular is what they call peer mentoring which is when you are in a group who are in a similar sort of position as you and you learn through their experience you know so your partner is somebody's had that experience and they come back with the feedback and this is how it worked for me somebody else will have an experience and you can pick and choose what works for you you don't have to go down one particular route but I think it it's a really powerful way of learning absolutely Um, no you're completely right and I think it's um I think it well I think the bottom line it stops you feeling so alone actually as if you're doing it by yourself and am I heading completely down the wrong track Um, anyway you also run reskilling courses, which I've been um, very, very honoured. You are the anchor of that. <laughs> <laughs> to be part of the team that are delivering them. Um, and, you know, we, we focus really on reskilling people who want to either return to the workplace or perhaps a changing career path and they might be setting up their own business. Yeah, that's um, right. 
T tell us a bit more about the reskilling and where the idea came from that. And when are we doing it again? Well, gosh, I've got to get a programme together for next year. Yeah. But uh, thank you, Katie. You're so lovely. Um, so the, the, the idea for it came as, you know, candidate after candidate kept saying, I've been out of the workplace, you know, planned career break, which is how, you know, it should be written on your CV because it is planned. You've yes. got something things going on. Um, they came and it was tech. They kept saying tech. I don't know how to do an Instagram reel. I don't know how to do uh, the latest um, zero accountancy package. You know, I'm trying to set up a business, but I don't know the nuts and bolts of it. I know what I want to do, but help. Yes. So, yeah. Katie, you you're first off on the reskilling. And you ground everybody, and then we have all the tech. Or terrify them, I think. I'm not. You quite don't know. You tell them what they need to know. My goodness, I mean, they come out of that and they feel empowered. That you see, I think part of the terror of setting up a business is not knowing what you don't know. Yes, yes, completely, a hundred percent, hundred percent. And actually, um, I think it, everybody goes through that thing of as I can't because I don't know it. Um, and the answer is everybody, anybody can set up a business. Yeah. You just need to know where to start. Again, it's the pin in the ground. But because so many people kept coming to me and saying, I can't take this job because of the tech, I can't do this, I can't do that. And I thought, let's take away the can't, yeah. teach and them how to do it. And hopefully they don't find something else to say that they can't <laughs> do. But they do leave empowered and they leave crucially knowing how to set up a business or how a business they're going to walk into runs better from you. They're going to know what tech... They are, they're yeah. really, really well thought out days. I mean, I think you have thought of every scenario, I guess because people have come to you saying, I can't do this, I can't do that or whatever, but you've really thought carefully about the content of those courses. So you you cover everything from all of the microsoft 365 you know word excel you know, outlook all of that you then you've got somebody i know who does all of the social media stuff you know how do you use facebook how do you use instagram how do you engage with your audience with in linkedin etc and then you've got the wonderful victoria pugat she does a fantastic writing session which I just have I sat in and did Victoria's session and it was really enlightening. It's interesting, isn't it? Because yeah. um you know, Victoria runs an incredibly successful company, as do you. And you know so much and you started, you know, took a day out of your busy, you know, business life and yeah. told people what you knew. Mm. And I hope you thought, Golly. I really do know quite a lot. Yeah. I mean, because I come to you for business when I have to <laughs> do business And then plans. I can say, God, what I know is really boring. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not as gripping for those people who need to know it. Okay. I think the other thing is you tell them what they don't need to know, but you've given them the, the, the language. I'm very much that tech is something that can be learned. Don't get hung up on it. But business grounding, you really need to know your onions on that one. Yeah, you, do. you know, you just need to know. it. We will have notes in the sort of, uh, I think um, the podcasters out there would call them show notes. for some <laughs> <reason>. <laughs> but, but in the show notes, 
if we've got them, we will put the new reskilling dates in because I, I'm sure that there are people who are listening who would be really interested. And it is a very, very valuable day. And I would highly recommend anybody who is transitioning or returning or starting their own business to, to look into joining us on the next one because it's largely women it's a really collaborative day everybody's in the same boat friendships and associations are formed and we know that from the people who've been on before um and it's it's a really great couple of days of learning well, it's funny isn't it because it creates your own business group because yes. you have to be quite you've had to strip quite bare um, when you're doing the writing piece with Victoria Pugach, you really do have to think about how you're marketing yourself. And I think that makes people very vulnerable. And as a result, um, the cohort uh, becomes very, very close. Right. And I didn't appreciate that when I set it up, that the, the cohort is just as as powerful as all the coaches and what what they're learning. You know, they're learning from each other, just as you were talking about just now. Yes. Yeah. They really do. And you've got you. It's another it's another level of sort of social life. You know, it's a sort of it's a support network. It's you know, they can they become your peers and mentors Mm -hmm. in their own right. So it really has an awful lot more than just coming and learning for yourself. Come and meet some new like minded individuals. Yeah, that's very true. We're coming to the end, Bean, now, but I'd like to know what's the best piece of advice you have ever received when it comes to your business and and running bold new world uh i've been given lots of advice about it and there's three really first of all we've covered which is you've just got to start you've got to start don't don't say to yourself oh i'll start after i do that course or i'll start when the children go back to school or i'll start when i clean my cupboard out or i'll start when i've lost half stone yeah. you know i do all those by the way <laughs> tomorrow yeah <laughs> um you've got to start do, do, write a business plan do something but what you've got to do is write as do it and send it to somebody you can't do the echo chamber because that's not really starting. You've got to say, this is my plan. What do you think? Or go and talk to somebody and then and then do something every day. Yeah. Second thing we have covered is um, um, everything is an interview. When you set up your business or you're going back to work, even if you're seeing your best mate, you have got to sell yourself and your 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 business. And it's not because you're selling it to them. It's because actually you're selling it to yourself and you're getting used to the narrative yourself and you're getting used to articulating it. If you say, actually, no, it's not very good, da, 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 that's what you're going to believe. So practice saying to your best friend, I'm about to set up the most awesome or uh, business or I'm going back to work I can't wait this is what I'm really into yeah couldn't agree more practice 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 and the more you hear it said the more you believe the more you hear it said and the third bit of advice is nothing is a complete disaster (laughs) no just work through it and what was that it's on in the Sarancester hub it's um who said there's nothing that can't be achieved if it's taken in bite-sized pieces Oh, that's brilliant. I haven't heard yeah. that. I haven't used that I think it was, hub either, and I must get oh, in tap. It was Warren it. Buffett or somebody like that, okay. um, I, I, or Bill Gates. Yeah. But it's take everything, but just don't look at the big picture sometimes. Just don't. <laughs> and where do you see Bold New World in five years' time? 
Gosh, um, I would really like to be doing, um, I would like to have a, a reskilling course going once every month, if I could, mm -hmm. in some yeah. shape or form. I would like to possibly collaborate with um, another agency mm -hmm. and really cover off the small business market. Yeah. I would like to be on more boards of my clients because yeah. I really enjoy knowing more and it helps me as a recruiter so much to know exactly what the gig is um but essentially i'd like to remain the same um but yeah um yeah not, not not anything life-shattering really i'm very happy as it is Catherine, you've been just a pleasure of a guest as i knew you would be thank you <laughs> it's only because you're a good interviewer <laughs> no, I'm not. not at all it's you a chance, isn't it i think yeah, um, it's very nice. I, I really really appreciate you know the time you've given a huge amount of, of advice and you know your experience I think people will find really interesting so thank you thank you I will make sure all your contact details are in the notes um, and hopefully the audience will be in touch as and when they need them so thank you so much much appreciated well it's been a complete pleasure. Katie, you are an astonishing lady. You really are. You you give everybody so much time and promotion. And actually, you're the person that makes it all happen. So I feel a bit of a fraud sitting here telling you all no, of this. Because yeah, We should she's be interviewing not. you, I think. No, she's not. Thank you so much. All right, my love. Have a good evening. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to follow me, and my guests on our social channels, all the details will be in the show notes. And please get in touch if you have any questions or topics that you might like to have covered in the next episodes, or even if you would like to be a guest yourself. <laughs>